Hey, so I'm so excited. I want to share with you about one of our new sponsors, Starglow Media. They have this amazing show for all of you with younger kids called Mysteries About True Histories. Every episode follows Max and Molly, who have just been recruited into a secret order of problem solvers and on adventures through time packed with puzzles and hidden equations, histories, and laughs. You all know Alana, our co-founder at Sproutable. She listened to the show with her seven-year-old and loved it. They would pause the show and try to figure out the math problems together, loved learning about different cultures and the histories around the world. The series explores themes like the stories behind math, critical thinking, code breaking, pattern solving, and so much more. Math is geared Math is what they call it. Math is geared towards kids six and over, but can be enjoyed by the entire family. Episodes drop every Thursday, and they're about 15 minutes, perfect length for the car rides, mealtime, break time, bedtime. Each episode is stacked with so much laughter, and your kiddos won't even realize how much they're learning. So tune into Mysteries About True Histories math with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. Today is episode 39 of the Joyful Courage Parenting Podcast. Hey friends, welcome back to the podcast. I'm so glad that you are here and I'm really excited about today's guest. A few weeks ago in the Live and Love with Joyful Courage Facebook group, which I hope you are all members of, um, I posted a article written by Nicole Schwartz around helping our kids with negative self-talk, meaning like helping them not to be so stuck in that negative self-talk that they aren't moving forward with whatever it is that they're trying to do. I loved that article. Many of you loved it as well. It got shared a ton around social media. I reached out to Nicole, the author of that blog post, and said, please come on the podcast and talk about this. So today's guest is Nicole Schwartz. She runs a website called imperfectfamilies.com. She considers herself an imperfect mom to three girls. She's also a parent coach with a license in family therapy. She's passionate about helping parents use respectful, positive techniques with their kids and encourages parents to know their own triggers, take a deep breath, and try again. Sound familiar, right? That's definitely the approach that I take. Um, Today, we are going to go more in depth around this idea of helping our kids navigate their own negative self-talk. And we're also going to make some connections around negative self-talk and childhood anxiety. So I'm thrilled to share this conversation with you. After you've listened in, if you have any feedback, any more questions, please, please feel free to reach out to me via Facebook or email or however it is that you stay in touch with me. I would love to hear from you. I know for myself, you know, with two kids, negative self-talk shows up, doesn't it? Not only for myself, but also in my kids. And it's really difficult to witness and to encourage our kids out of it. So I am thrilled about this conversation. And again, I'm looking forward to hearing from you how the conversation lands as well. So without further ado, let's meet Nicole. Hey, Nicole, welcome to the Joyful Courage Parenting Podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. So glad that you're here. Will you please tell the listeners a little bit 
about yourself and what you do. Sure, yeah. I am a mom. I have three girls at home, and I have a license in marriage and family therapy, but I don't do therapy anymore. Um, now I just do online parent coaching, and I write a parenting blog, Imperfect Families. And I love just working with parents on um, positive parenting techniques and just encouragement that life is not always perfect, and that's okay. Yeah, I love the name of your business, Imperfect Families. How old are your girls? They, my youngest is almost two, and then I have a six-year-old and a seven-year-old. Oh, so. two. So you're in the throes of toddler moving into preschool, plus you got some girls in there at the school age. That's awesome. Yeah, it's interesting to be back in the toddler years again. <laughs> yeah. Every time I think I might be pregnant, I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> I know. I know. Not again. It's... My husband says, whenever we see cute toddlers, he's like, oh, remember how fun that was? I'm like, what are you remembering? <laughs> I remember a lot of things. And yes, some of them were fun. Um, right. Anyway, <laughs> and where are you right now? I'd love for the listeners I... to know. Yeah, I'm in St. Louis, Missouri. Yeah, cool. And for anyone who's listening who doesn't know, I'm outside of Seattle. I don't say that very often, but um, I love the I love t modern technology and that it allows us to be so far apart and to be able to have a conversation. Yay. Yay. So I'm so excited to have you on the show, especially after reading your blog post about supporting kids who are kind of stuck in that negative self-talk mm -hmm. mode. It, you know, the parents that I shared that with it really resonated with them. Um, so can you talk a little bit about how that negative self-talk in our kids shows up in homes? Yeah, sure. So I think this is something that resonates with a lot of families. And for some families, it starts really young. Like they hear it as their um, kids are like trying to build a Lego tower and they mm -hmm. can't get the Legos to fit or... Um, you know, they're trying to color something and it just doesn't work out as they um, thought it would. And I think that's shocking for parents that kids that young would be oh, so frustrated mm -hmm. or so negative. Um, and then as kids grow up, I think the big things that I've seen for families is homework and sports or like activities like piano or whatever. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, all of a sudden they can't do it perfectly like maybe they could when they were younger. Yeah or it didn't come as easily or whatever. And then um, they start hearing things like, I'm so stupid or I'm so dumb or I can't do this or nobody loves me or. Yeah. And it's that language, just, right? It's the language that really hooks the parents. Yeah. Do you think oh. that temperament, and I'm sure you'll, I mean, I think that temperament probably comes into play a little bit. There's those easygoing kids versus the kids that are not so easygoing and then everybody in the middle of the continuum oh, as sure. well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, two kids could be doing this exact same thing and have, you know, one could just go back to happily building up their tower while the other one is like, I hate this, I'm so stupid, you yeah. know. Yeah, because it didn't yeah, turn out exactly how I wanted. Right. If only <laughs> life would turn out exactly how we wanted, right? So, yeah. um, mm. and we really want to, I think that we, you and I, parents, mm -hmm. larger community, we really want to jump in and save the day. I think that yeah. for a lot of us, that's like that gut instinct is like, no, 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 it's okay. You're okay. You're really smart. You're this, you're that. And I think it's yeah. well-meaning and, and we love them and it's not always helpful. And I think 
what I hear from parents is that's when they get frustrated. You know, I just was on a thread on Facebook around this and how, you know, gosh, and I, I give them compliments and I tell them that they're smart and it's not helpful. So what are, talk a little bit about that as a, perhaps as a mistake that parents are making when they hear the negative self-talk. And they, you know, again, parents going back to, it's all well-meaning. I mean, we want to support them. Right. So what are some of the ways that we're thinking we're supporting, which are actually not as supportive as they could be? Yeah, yeah. And I love that you point that out, too, because I think a lot of times it is just from our own, like, especially if they say, like, no one loves me or whatever. I'm supposed to. You're like, oh, my gosh, I love you so much. Yeah. How in the world could you think that? So, um, yeah, I think there's a couple mistakes, which I don't really like using that word because I think we all are doing this best we can. But yes. Um, for sure. There are things that parents do kind of across the board that don't necessarily help. Um, and I think the first one that I see is panic. I mean, they're just, and that's kind of going back to what I just said, but it's like, oh my gosh, you're fine. You're smart. You're great. You're whatever. Um, and again, the kids superstar. (laughs) And the kid's like, "Uh -uh." (laughs) uh-uh. Yeah. You're my mom. You're supposed to say that. (laughs) You're supposed to say that, right? (laughs) That's the common retort after that and then on the flip side of that it's not necessarily maybe panicking I don't know if it's the flip side whatever but we just reassure so we're like oh my gosh you're fine you're so smart and it's 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 like um just try I mean it's like if I just say this 10 more times maybe you'll start to believe me Mm -hmm. sort of thing so that reassurance and then problem solving so moving too quickly to problem solving so if they say like I'm so stupid. I can't build this tower. Oh, let's just move this. Let's just do this base differently or whatever. And so then the kids like, there's just no learning that happens there. They're just kind of swept away in the problem solving. Well, and Um, what I'm hearing, what I'm hearing that's missing as you mentioned these different things is just validating the experience that the kid's having. Right. Right. Do you think we're afraid to validate it? Oh, yeah. I, I mean, it. I think a lot of parents are afraid that that means you agree. Yeah. Okay. Like if you, you know, if you were to say, and I don't know if you'd want to use those words. I guess you're stupid, but <laughs> we probably should. There's a way to validate without agreeing. I right. Guess. So it could sound like, it, it. you know, you are building a really big tower and it keeps mm-hmm. falling over. And I can totally see how that would feel really fus- frustrating. Right. Right. And so you're getting in that experience with them without Mm -hmm. agreeing. Right. So finding that kind of balance. Right. And again, we want our kids to be confident and we want them to be resilient and willing to keep trying. Right. (laughs) And we forget, I think, as parents, that all of those skills are learned over time through experience. Right. So when it doesn't show up, you know, at age four on that Lego set, which, by the way, there's a reason that. Lego sets have ages on them. <laughs> Tell the grandmas. <laughs> Hi, mom. I love my mom. I love you, mom. If you're listening, I love you. And Ian really loved that Millennium Falcon Lego set. But at age four, it was a little beyond him. Right. 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 So, you know, sometimes recognizing, too, when age appropriateness shows up. Sure. Yeah. And that got, that's another thing that's a, such a fine line in parenting. Gosh, everything is fine lines. But mm. or like 
but it's like, how much do you push and how much do you like how, if with the Legos, like it is sometimes hard to know, like, is this too hard for you or is this a challenge that's good for you? And kind yeah. of finding that, but I don't know how to support that for your right, kids. Right, right. And so back to those skills that they learn yeah. over time, typically they're birthed out of really tough and frustrating experiences, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's the only place right. where resiliency muscles can be developed is when we are actively being resilient, right? right? Or living through frustration. And and why do you think it's so hard? This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. So as the weather warms up, we're outside gardening or doing yard work, there are so many opportunities for skin issues, right? And for me, it's always a mystery to know what's going to irritate my skin, but I'm definitely out there itching and scratching. But the good news is active skin repair always seems to save the day. Active skin repair can be used to treat a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, and other types of skin damage. It's also safe and non-toxic, making it suitable for use on all skin types, all parts of the body, and even on rosacea, eczema, and acne-prone skin. Here's what I want you to do. Visit ActiveSkinRepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and get 20% off your order when you use code JOYFUL. Again, that's www.ActiveSkinRepair.com. Find out more about the product and get 20% off your order when you use the code JOYFUL. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Thank God, spring into summer is my favorite time of year. After turning 50 last September, I've been really working on my physical health and well being and can honestly say that I am feeling better in my body than I have felt in a very long time. Yes, credit goes to movement and working out, but even more credit goes to how I'm feeding my body. That's why I love Factor. I fuel up with Factor's no prep, no mess meals, 35 different meal choices, and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. I always have a new flavor to explore. It's amazing. You can crush your wellness goals this May, keep time in the kitchen to a minimum, and enjoy effortless support for the lifestyle you want to be living with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust from Factor. Head over to factormeals.com slash joyful50 and use the code joyful50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code joyful50 at factormeals.com slash joyful50. Again, that's 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Yes, yes, yes. Join me. Join me in the health revolution and feel really good this summer. Or, you know what, not why do you, th I mean, we all know why it's so hard because it's painful to see our kids falling apart. Yeah. So what right. are some tips that you have in, in, and mentioned from the article, which I am going to link in the show notes, what are some mm -hmm. tips that you have for parents to connect with their kids when they're in the moment of frustration and help them, help them without fixing, right? Because that's not right. helpful and it's okay right. for them to feel frustrated and angry. Right. 
And there are, you know, you have some great ideas around how to then help kids move through it in a way that on the other side of it, they've developed some of that resiliency Mm -hmm. for next time. Right, right. Yeah. And I think maybe before going forward is just like being okay with letting your kid not be okay for just a Mm -hmm. little while Um, and kind of resisting that urge to swoop in and save the day because really when we, when we swoop in, we're well-meaning Yes, and we, um, yeah, we don't give them a chance to see the whole, like that feelings come and feelings go, or I can resolve this without totally freaking out. Um, anyway, so we'll just start there. Okay. Perfect. Okay. So once you do that, and if you have to do some like centering stuff for that, that's all good. I'm sure you do. Um, I do. Because when my kid freaks out, I meet him there. You right. Know, it's like, get a hold of yourself. <laughs> this reaction is not helpful. And he's like, now he's mad at me. So yeah, right. get it together, everyone. Calm right, down. Right. <laughs> me. It's not that Maybe bad. Not. Yeah. No, I don't know. And yeah, I mean, and I don't want to make light of this either because I know that some kids get so stuck in this and parents really are like, I really can't. Right. I don't know what to say or what to do, right. but seriously, it is so hard to not get wrapped up in their drama. Mm-hmm. And yeah. So, so once you do that, I think empathy is huge. I mean, and we just talked about that, just like going there with um, validating their experience and don't make it harder than it has to be. So if you see them being frustrated, just point that out. I mean, put that into words like, wow, this is really frustrating. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think it, it, it sounds almost too simple, but kids want to know that you get it. And not that um, you're trying to like swoosh it away. Like if they're struggling with their math homework, it really is a struggle yeah. for them. Well, and Dan Siegel and, calls it feeling felt. Like empathy right. is about feeling felt. And there's something yeah. that happens in the brain, which I cannot quote. But, you know, once they once it's we awesome. connect with them. Yeah, thank you. Um, once we connect with them emotionally, it just kind of opens the space for them to then move into the more logical part of the brain. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and, and it just, it has to be there. Otherwise you're going to get a lot of resistance from your kids because they're going to think you don't understand or you're mm-hmm. just trying to say that because you're their mom or whatever. So, mm-hmm. um, so if you can go there with empathy and they are able to like hang in there with you then I, I really encourage parents to just explore this. What is going on for you? What it, tell me more about this or why is this so hard? And is it always this hard or is it just this assignment that's hard or is it like whatever? I mean, don't ask all these questions at once. Your kids will definitely tune you out. But I love that. I love tell me, tell me more about this. Like that to me is a golden statement. Just yeah. tell me more about this. You and know. just, and, and then leave and then it listen. open. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think there's, I know. Like there's zip it. So, <laughs> right. it's, it's so uncomfortable to have that space, like with no one talking. But when we give that to kids, then they feel more free to talk because they know mm. you're not going to like drop them or suggest things. Right. Or talk so. them out of how they feel. Right. Oh, that's so true. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's really, I think, you know, there's something to be said for allowing like that non, not only centering ourselves, but also inviting in being neutral, being non-judgmental. 
Like, I'm not here to tell you that how you feel is wrong. You know, I really just want to hold space to listen. Mm-hmm. And I think that if that has not been your style, mm-hmm. it will take some time for your children to trust that space. Oh, yeah. So for yeah. listeners right now, like if you're thinking, right, yeah, I'll say tell me more about that. And it's, you know, they don't say anything or they just keep carrying on. Just know that, you know, holding space, holding an encouraging space for kids to feel really safe is something that if it's been your pattern to fix or solve, they're not going to really have the skills to show up in that space. And that's okay. Just keep going there. Keep keep mm-hmm. inviting it. And they'll mm-hmm. recognize over time that, you know, okay, this this is now my mom saying like, I'm here, I'm present and mm-hmm. I'm I'm willing to listen. So mm-hmm. I think that's important too. I loved your article on empathy that you just put out this week, I think. Or oh, this. thank you. Because I, I like how it broke down how to just sit and like there are things that you can do with your body and with your eyes and with your face to like show that you're there and that yeah. you really do care and listen. Well, and I think that that's really important as parent educators to, you know, so often I hear from people, you know, I read all the books and I I read all the blogs and I just can't, it nothing works, right? And mm-hmm. I think that to us, to present the idea that simply responding with, you sound really frustrated, isn't necessarily, isn't really what it's about. I mean, the words, absolutely, but it also, like, we need to be in empathy. Like, Mm -hmm. it's not just an empathetic statement, which I know there's programs out there that are like, pick your empathetic statement and you will, Mm -hmm. everything will be solved. Mm -hmm. But you really need to be in empathy or you really need to be curious. I love that one too. Like, Mm -hmm. tell me more about that because I'm curious, not because I'm trying to manipulate you into a place of, you know, resiliency or calm or recognizing that how you feel is irrational. (laughs) Right. 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 Right? And and I think we all go there, Uh but recognizing when things don't seem as though they quote work to check in with how, we're delivering and how we're showing up yeah in the moment sure. of using that tool or that statement or whatever yeah for sure i think a lot of times we come in with this under like this idea that we already know the problem and we already have the perfect solution so it's like oh you're struggling with your homework here you go just do this and this and this and the kid's like what right you know that that has nothing to do with this or whatever so I love that starting with um, like opening up that space and being curious. And Mm -hmm. um, I know Ross Green, the author, talks about drilling that, grilling your kids. Oh, I like like that. Drilling for information, like in a in a curious way, not in like, okay, let's see if I can manipulate this conversation to go where I think it should go and to the problem, the solution that I think makes most sense. Yeah, I lo- love so. I love those little one-liners. Another one-liner that I love is engage, don't enrage, which ooh, is Dan Siegel. Nice. Yeah, Dan Siegel talks about that. I love that. I'm always That's like, right. ooh, okay. yeah, in okay. retrospect, mm, yeah, I kind of added a little fuel to that fire. Whoops. <laughs> right. <laughs> Not helpful. Everything is so clear looking back. Yeah, right. Yeah, next time, next time. Well, what are, and so what so. are some other things? So we, we hold the right. space. We ask them more information. Yeah. So, and I, but I, I don't think we're still on the same track because you have to like get this information to figure out how you can find a better solution for it. 
So um, once you figure out what the problem is, we, you want to help them rewrite the script. You want to help them, instead of what's going through their brain is, I'm stupid because I can't build a block tower, you can start making it um, sound different in their head. So maybe um, building a block tower takes work, or I can keep working at this, or just because it falls down doesn't mean I'm a failure, um, whatever. And it would have to be kid-friendly and mm -hmm. appropriate for your kid. But um, I, I think kids and people in general get stuck in these phrases and they don't know that there are options. You know, there are other ways to look at the, at the problem or the challenge. Mm -hmm. So figuring that out with them would be a, another step. Talking about just calming and coping skills in general and that feelings come and feelings go. Like just because you're frustrated right now doesn't mean that it will last forever or mm -hmm. that you will never be successful in math or whatever. And some kids just really need to learn some strategies to calm themselves in the moment because they can't look at the situation any differently when they're in this heated, enraged, um, I, you know, I'm so stupid. I'm so, yeah. Whatever. Well, and I think what you said too, that it becomes, it kind of becomes the go-to place. Mm -hmm. Right. Over time. Right. And I think that that's the most discouraged parents are the ones with the kids who it seems like they're they always go there. Right. Anytime yes. something doesn't go well, my child goes to, you know, I'm stupid or everyone hates me or you don't love me or whatever the that place is. Mm -hmm. um, and something that recently came up in that same thread that I was talking about around, you know, when we say you're not, you're, you know, I do love you or you are smart. Mm -hmm. Something that I find helpful for myself in my own parenting practice, but also mm -hmm. sharing with other parents is, you know, when we talk about compliments, I think a lot of times compliments can look like blanket praise mm -hmm. versus, hey, do you remember last week when you had that writing assignment and it took a long time? Mm -hmm. And you stuck with it. You know, that's what right. perseverance feels like. Right. That's what, you know, hard work feels like. And I mm -hmm. bet you can use that same feeling to do this math or, mm -hmm. you know, remember last, you know, you know, remember yesterday when you and your sister had that problem and you were able to solve it without mm -hmm. my help. Mm -hmm. I bet you can use that same, you know, so I think there's something to be really said for reminding them evidence right of mm -hmm. of why we sure. believe like you're capable of this you've shown me you're capable of this and this was when you showed mm -hmm. me right right because i think especially for kids like you were saying like these black and white thinkers or whatever they, it is really hard for them to see any other time that this has ever gone well for them yeah they, it's just it's all or nothing it's like i'm struggling now i will always struggle i have always struggled there yeah so i love that i love pointing that pointing that out yeah. And and helping them see that they have overcome things in the past because they have. Yeah. I mean, think of all the stuff that, oh, my gosh, you have to learn from infancy up. I mean, it's just yeah. you're standing up. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, clearly, you know about resiliency. You right. are a walking human. <laughs> right. You really stuck with that. that Come on. Awesome. <laughs> um, and you also work with kid, um, with parents with kids around anxiety. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. So can that, is that, is there a connection here? Do you find or yes. no or yeah. yeah? Oh, for sure. 
Yeah, I feel, yeah, anxious, I wouldn't say all anxious kids fall mm -hmm. into this, but it definitely is um, anxious kids um, who struggle with perfectionism or, yeah, this negative thinking, it's so linked together. And those are the, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so I think about the words like that never and always, right, that show up for kids. I never, I'm never going to get this or I'm always, you know, if I'm always having a hard time or that. And I can see like even using those words for myself increases my level of anxiety, mm -hmm. right? So sure. what's the, so, but then like, on the flip side of that or the other side of that, what is like the opportunity being presented when kids get caught up in negative self-talk? So m not necessarily, and that might sound kind of weird to listeners like opportunity, but really, like as the parent, something is being presented, right? Mm -hmm. It's an opportunity, you know, for us to show up and hold space mm -hmm. and develop some, you know, for them to develop some skills like we were talking about, mm -hmm. you know, what if we can shift our mindset around like I have to change my child's mind or mm -hmm. I have to solve this problem. And if we move to more about, you know, either you know, what's the opportunity for me and my own growth as a parent or what kind of opportunity is presented when our kids get stuck? Mm -hmm. Does that make yeah. sense? Does that question make sense? That felt sure. really wordy. <laughs> okay, we'll roll with it. <laughs> we'll go with it. No, and this is the same, this is where I see the overlap a lot with anxiety is um, in the same thing. And we were talking about this earlier. I feel like for parents, the opportunity is that they their kids have, an, uh, well, their kids have an opportunity to experience this difficult thing and possibly even overcome it. And so it gives them a chance to not be stuck in whatever it is that's frustrating them. And um, I talk about this with parents, um, with kids with anxiety, I talk about it like a curve. So when the anxiety gets really bad, they're at the top of the curve and that's when the parents run in and jump and um, rescue them. And, you know, oh no, 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 you'll be fine here. We'll just avoid this. Um, challenging situation and everything will be cool. The problem is the kids don't get to see the other side of the curve. So they don't realize that like their feelings will decrease and they can use some strategies for dealing with this differently. So this is the same thing when we rescue our kids from negative thinking. It's like, oh, no, 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 you're not stupid. You're fine. Let me help you build this tower and we'll just, you know, be on our way. It, they don't... It, the opportunity is lost, I guess, mm -hmm. to, to do that problem solving, to do that, um, the stuff that they need to do internally to regulate their emotions and to, to practice this self-regulation that it takes to deal with something really hard. Yeah. Um, well, and so, something just came to mind to me too, especially yeah. with that visual of the curve, because it is a buildup. Sometimes mm -hmm. it feels like, you know, and I've heard the language of like, you know, the drop of a hat. But really, it's not. I mean, no. it is a buildup. And I think that what a great opportunity to ask our kids, you know, what does it feel like in your body right now? Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. How are you feeling when you start to get frustrated? What's the first thing that you notice about your body? Like as mm -hmm. and I'm thinking of that visual of the curve as they're climbing up. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And starting to help them become more aware. Definitely. Obviously, you would not have this conversation in the moment. <laughs> no, everyone. Don't. Um, but later on, reflecting back, especially when it's a pattern, when it shows up all the time, yes. that's a great time. That's a that's 
a gift because yeah, then right. you get to say, wow, I noticed something about you. Mm-hmm. I noticed that when you're playing with your Legos, we'll keep on that example, and your creation doesn't go the way you want it to go, mm-hmm. you start to get really frustrated. Great time to say, tell me about that. Mm-hmm. Also, tell me about what's happening in your body because then... No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, whew, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us. Well, hey there, Busy Mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it. But I will give you practical and, more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests, too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free. They are then, you know, because it's not just Legos that are frustrating. It's the little sister's frustrating or the fact that we don't get to have ice cream tonight is frustrating or Mm -hmm. homework is frustrating. Right. And so to help them recognize like, oh, my legs are starting to feel tight Mm -hmm. and to have Mm -hmm. tools in that moment. Right. To calm down. Not to say that just because you have a conversation around it, it's like now, woohoo, our child. You know, I mean, like think about the adults on the freeway. Um, right. we all could use some practice, more practice. Right. right. But when I think about like opportunity, I think about that, you know, cause our, really when we, we want all these life skills for our kids, uh-huh. they have to have a chance to practice them in real experience. Right. And that's right. what this can become as a real experience for practicing. Right. That is so hard for parents, I think. And I'm a parent, so I can be in this group because I don't want to practice. It's too hard. (laughs) It's, you know, I want them to just know. Sure, totally. So as parents, we don't always like to take the time to teach. And I can say that because I'm a parent and I don't always like to take the time to teach. (laughs) I just want my kids to, you know, get it and to just figure it out and to be able to, you know, be more mature than they really are. 
I don't know, but the teaching is where it happens. And so if we can start shifting our focus to seeing it as a teachable moment, as something that they can learn, like that will help them over their lifetime, Mm -hmm. um, that might be more helpful instead of just feeling the panic that we need to like squash these feelings and um, move on or gloss over it or whatever. So Yeah, and I really love metaphor um, and visuals for kids uh-huh. as well. Yeah. I've got a 10-year-old son who has big emotions that seemingly mm-hmm. show up. And they, man, they show up when they show up, right? <laughs> and um, I was taught something from one of my teachers, a visual around like a fist. And I might have mm-hmm. already talked about this on the podcast, but hey, you get to hear it again. So yes. we talk. I talked to my boy about, you know, when when we're tight and we're rigid and we've already decided mm-hmm. the outcome, right? So we've already mm-hmm. decided <laughs> the most recent one is none of my socks fit me. <laughs> There's no socks in this house that fit right. me that don't have holes in the toes. So right. that's where he is and he's tight and he's in that decision. And I say, it's like, you're a, like, like, like this fist. And I hold mm-hmm. up my fist. I say, but, what happens when you and I actually invite them to pull back their whole top body, like pulling back mm-hmm. when you pull back your shoulders and you open up your chest and you're like a hand that's opening up to possibility and solutions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I love that. Yeah. And so for him, it's more of him recognizing like when he's in fist mode mm-hmm. and then like making his own shift. The other metaphor that we use, which I've talked about on the podcast, and I actually have a blog post about it, is the emotional freight train, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So sometimes we're on yeah. the emotional freight train, and we don't realize that we're even on it, but who's mm-hmm. in What's in? Who's in charge? Well, right. the freight train is taking us to crazy town. It's taking us to, I hate you. You're an idiot. I'm never going to get this right. I'm stupid. Mm-hmm. All those places that later on we feel bad that we've even said out loud. Mm-hmm. Well, the beautiful thing becomes when we realize that we're on the train, mm-hmm. we can choose to get off. Right. Right. Or we choose to hang on. I mean, it's a choice either right. way, but at so. least being aware of being on it helps. Yeah. To, and it goes for parents too. And when for I sure. talked to my son about it, he said, well, can I tell you when you're on the emotional free train? <laughs> and I said, yes. Right. And he tells me. Nice. And then I have to be graceful and like model the behavior that I want to see, right? right? I is, know. Thanks for letting me know. I'll get <laughs> off now. Right. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Yeah. And that's what's helpful in my, and I think it's helpful too for families to have like a, a signal, right? It becomes mm-hmm. a signal and not yep. like a fist, like I'm going to hit you. But, right. You know? <laughs> right. Careful with right. that fist, yeah. people. That could turn. Um, but, but yeah, yeah having but, some kind of signal. Yeah. And all of this, I mean, I love how this has come full circle because all of this has to be done with empathy and it Mm -hmm. has to be done by slowing things down so that you can talk about these skills with your kids. So it's not going to be when like at the table when they're so frustrated with their math homework, but it's like a general, um, it's it's just like a lifestyle. Like you're just going to bring it into your home and start talking about these things and be empathetic. So Yeah. And I just want to reiterate too, parents, if there's something that's driving you crazy and it's happening all the time, that is the thing to have the conversation about when things are going well. Yes. And really just starting it with, this is what I'm noticing. Tell me about your experience and Mm -hmm. going from there. Right. Mm -hmm. So when we think long-term, 
because we always want to be thinking long term because ultimately we're raising adults. Mm-hmm. Um, how can we be proactive in helping our kids navigate these big emotions in a way that doesn't include <laughs> blaming or punishing, include them blaming or punishing themselves for what they're feeling? Right, right. I think this is challenging because I think we want to put it on the kid to learn these strategies or skills or whatever. But um, I would just encourage parents to just create this atmosphere. I guess I just said this um, in their home that really encourages imperfection in a way that's it's just kind of, you know, like, oh, made a mistake. I'm going to try that again or whatever. And talk about the word perseverance. I mean, even little kids can learn that word. Mm-hmm. It'd be great to add that into your vocab. Um modeling frustration tolerance like how do you deal with things when they're when you are frustrated and um let this I don't know let the kids see you deal with that well right which includes being frustrated with our kids (laughs) good point yeah (laughs) yeah for sure it's not and nobody's saying it's easy listeners nobody's saying that it's easy it's a practice right right exactly so I guess that's what I would say so in as if you're wanting to work towards this it's don't make it so much about your kid having to deal with you know figure out these big feelings but let's let's just talk about this as a whole household yeah um managing frustration well yeah and i love frustration tolerance i Mm -hmm. love that language and i love perseverance and just like you said the more we can make like when we create common language in the home Mm -hmm. It is so powerful. You know, like we are constantly using the term, you know, what is what's a solution? Mm, mm -hmm. What's a solution? How are we going to solve it? Like, that's where Mm -hmm. we go. Well, that's where I as the leader holding this shared vision in my home, I try to always bring it back to that. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, um, oh, I lost it. There's the solution. Oh, there's also like, how are you going to make it right? Yeah. So sometimes when they do have these big emotions and they do fall apart and they do perhaps, you know, sometimes it's negative self-talk. Sometimes it's Mm -hmm. negative other person (laughs) talk. talk, Right. (laughs) Right. And in the end, that that in and of itself is a mistake that we have to make right. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's great when they see a model. I think long term parents, when we're thinking about what is the model that we are providing for our family? Mm Right. Mm-hmm. And is it in alignment with what we expect from our mm-hmm. kids? Sure. That right. can be a humbling question. Yeah. And really forwarding, because if you're finding you're not in alignment, yes, that's awesome. You have a place <laughs> to practice. <laughs> See right? again with this like yeah. excitement about learning and teaching. I don't know. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> not everybody feels that energetic, but well, yeah. <laughs> Thanks for pointing that out. (laughs) So my my last question, Nicole, that I and oh, I want to say too. By the way, your website is imperfectfamilies.com, right? Yep. So there you go. Imperfect. We are imperfect. So let's celebrate that. But my last question is, what does joyful courage mean to you? That is a good question, and I love that. And as I think about that as a parent, I feel like that is like, ooh, the kind of what we're going for. It's, I mean, parenting is challenging and it does take a lot of courage to move forward, but gosh, that joyful part is awesome. I mean, you can be like, I don't know, grumpily 
courage, I guess. <laughs> I don't know what the opposite would be. But like to be able to be, move forward with courage and still have joy, I think that's an awesome combination. Yeah. So thank you. I like Good. that. Thanks. Where can listeners find you and follow you? Yeah. So um, Imperfect Families, like you said, is my blog. And then um, I have a pretty active and fun Facebook page too. So that's probably the best. And is that a business page? So they'll find Imperfect Imperfect. Families? Yep. Yeah. I'll put a link. That'd be great. Okay. Are you anywhere else on social media? I'm, yeah, you can Pinterest and Instagram and Twitter. Okay. But um, I really love my Facebook, um, the parents on there. They're really fun and encouraging and um, lots of chatter over there. Good. Well, I'll put links to all of those in the show notes as well as some links to your blog, especially the one about um, helping kids with negative self-talk. And thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Have a great day. You too. So good. So good. I so enjoyed Nicole and I'm so honored to get to do this work and that you're out there listening in on these conversations and finding value in them. I also want to make sure that you all know the various ways that you can keep up with me and the work of Joyful Courage. As I mentioned at the beginning of the show, there is a Facebook group. It's a it's a closed group um, called Live and Love with Joyful Courage. And if you'd like to continue the conversations that start here on the podcast with our community, you can join that group. I will accept you. Uh, you can also follow me on Instagram at joyful underscore courage. That's a place where I mix business with uh, personal experiences as well. So you'll see me in action with my own children as well as doing some promoting of Joyful Courage. I'm also on Twitter at Joyful Courage and Facebook. There is a business page, the Joyful Courage page. Um, And of course, I would love for you to join my mailing list. So go on to www.joyfulcourage.com and that very first page, you will see an opportunity where you can join the tribe. I send out newsletters every two to four weeks. I don't totally bombard you. Um, I catch you up on the podcast episodes that maybe you've missed, let you in on any offers that are happening currently through Joyful Courage and just kind of check in and connect with you through my own experiences and um, prompts that invite you to share your experiences. So I would love it if you joined the newsletter list as well. It is, again, my pleasure and a great gift to me that I get to serve you the way that I do. So with that, have a beautiful, beautiful day, and I will catch you next time. Hi there, I'm Andrea Owen, self-help author with 19 translations of my books, global keynote speaker, and life coach. My podcast, Make Some Noise, has been serving up self-help in a simple-to-digest way for the last decade. The topics brought in each episode are practical and easy to implement around topics such as working through fears that keep you stuck, different modalities of therapy, managing your negative self-talk, and more. We bring you guest experts, solo episodes, and I even coach listeners 
on the air around relatable struggles. I also do my best to weave my sense of humor into some heavy topics because let's face it, life can be pretty hard and it's so much better when we can have some fun while walking through our challenges. Whether you're seasoned in personal development or just starting out, Make Some Noise podcast will help you become the best version of yourself, the person you're proud of when you look in the mirror and show up in your life. Simply search Make Some Noise with Andrea Owen wherever you listen to your podcasts.